174th episode of We Talk Comics. That's right back on the air and in your ear. I am the Crown Prince of Charisma Mo, and I am joined by my two best friends in the entire world. First up, the Chief Defender of the Faith, Mr. Brett Podcast. Oh, isn't that so nice? One of your one of your best friends in the world. Oh, so nice. And my other my other bestie. Bestie? The man with no nickname. Chris Beck. You can't hear it right now, but I'm doing that dab thing that seems to be so popular with the kids. Oh, yeah. His his new name should be Chris Bestie. Chris Bestie. (laughs) I like it. Brett Podcast and Chris Bestie. (laughs) It's going to take over and be a thing. So we've been gone for, oh, about a month here or a little more. Uh, We went dark over the holidays. We went, everybody needs a little bit of a break. We had had a busy 20. 16 and refresh our batteries and we are back now we have a, a looking forward to 2017 brett what what do you think is uh, in store for we talk comics 2017 oh wow i think there's a lot well i i can tell you right now that there's um that uh, at this moment it's confirmed uh whether it'll stay confirmed next week is up to uh the comic book gods but uh, as of Right now, Paris Cullens will be joining us next week. So he's the artist of uh, Blue Beetle. He's the co-creator and artist of Blue Devil. Fantastic, uh, fantastic artist. So really happy to have him on. Yep. As far as other stuff goes, I know that uh, we're going to have Vic Malhotra back on. I know that we're going to have Ryan Ferrier on to do a best of. I know that we're going to get Riley Rosmo back on the show. I know that... You know, we got some exciting stuff. We're going to have some some other old people back. And for sure, I've been reading some Helix comics, so I don't want to talk too much about those, but I was thinking that we should definitely have a show or two where we talk about Helix comics. Oh, I'm excited now because I, I forgot completely about that little imprint over at DC. The funny thing is it... it I thought it was a little too, but it's like over a hundred comics, and it's just like, wow, there's a ton of these damn things. Oh yeah, that, that that's almost like the entire era of like Valiant over at Acclaim. <laughs> uh, that, actually, over at Acclaim, it probably is not so far. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. just felt like a million comics instead of. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, the, the value to claim was not really a, as good as the uh, as what Helix was putting out. Let's put it that way. You know what? We should do a show on value acclaim just to find out what happened because that entire line had actually zero dead co- good comics from my memory of it. You, well, I wouldn't say familiar. I wouldn't say zero. I mean, the Ninjak that they had was pretty good. He's still ninjack. Yeah, but, but it wasn't he, the same ninjack. And he didn't wear purple. Yeah, he wore red, and he was a, he was a video game character, and 
And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a different, totally different thing. Um, there, you know, I, I don't. Not all of it was bad, but there was some bad in there. Um, there was yeah, a lot we, of bad in there, but it was there, there was quite a bit. There was it was really, uh, yeah. I mean, we've thought before about trying to figure out what the hell happened there. We've tried even, but uh, oh, oh shit! I just realized I was talking shit about Kurt Busiek. It's true. You would be at that point. You would be talking shit about Mark Wade. You would be talking shit about wow. you know, like lots of people that were involved. This is why we need to. Re- yes, Chris, you didn't realize that the, that you were talking shit about Chris about uh, Kurt Busiek. Is there a problem with that? <laughs> no, just I consider him one of the a creator that has way more good comics than bad. Well, there's a lot of people that were working in Valiant that were good comic creators. They created comics that weren't that good. <laughs> in, in that, that's right. You know? um, yeah, I mean, we've we've tried to in the in the past do something on it, and we like I say, we're, we're gonna, I think we have to give that another shot. Then uh, that's among the things. Uh, what about you, Chris? Is what would you like though? I mean, it's been a while since you've hooked up something. Who do you want to? What do you want to hook up? What do you want to do? For We Talk Comics 2017, what what kind of comics do you want to talk, or what are your kind of comic mayhem? Mayhem. Mayhem. No, I'm um... asking you right now to book a good guest, Chris. It's been a while. I'm asking you to book a good guest. Your your mission for 2017. Book somebody cool. You know what? I am going to get on the twitters. The Twitters. I, yes, the Twitters. More than, there's the, more than one. I'm not going to just tweet once. No, sir. The Twitter machine. Twice. And I'm going to bug Dan Slot. Oh. Oh, that would be huge. I, I'm, set, I, I'm setting my goals high on this one. Why not? I'm going to bug the hell out of Dan Slot. Because I'm reading... I, 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 I've taken a... In this hiatus, I have been catching up on every Dan Slot Spider-Man comic. Um, and man, is this a long run and man is a good, I have so many questions that 2017 dance lot is going to happen on the podcast. Wow. All right. All right. And if it doesn't, you know what? Well, at least we at least like you to try. That's a, that's a great, great idea. Well, actually, here's the thing, Chris, if it doesn't, then all we ask is that you that you get somebody named Dan. On the podcast this yeah. year. Uh, <laughs> you know, Dan, Dan, Dan Parent would be a pretty good uh, guest as well. Absolutely he would. No question. And easy for us to uh, to find because he always comes to Calgary. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually we were wondering about why we haven't ever talked to him. We were trying to figure that out. It's like, why? Because he's always there. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh Absolutely. yeah, oh, and I mean he's doing a great little comic, uh, not for Archie actually, for change for a uh, da- die kitty die that I'd love to talk to him about. Excellent. I'm Excellent. totally willing to bet he would come on. And uh, I sure like to talk to somebody that we've talked to in the past, like uh, Kurt Hawkins or, or Steve Englehart. I'd love to get a, a hold of one of those guys and and have a follow up as well. So I mean we got uh, we got a lot. I think we're gonna have a busy 2017. Um, what have you been up to, though, Brett, Chris? I mean, you mentioned Chris. You've been talking. What have you been reading exactly? You said Dan Slott. I mean, is that's not all? I mean, you're 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 Chris Bestie. You do nothing but read comics. Well, uh, you just mentioned uh, Matt Hawkins. I've been reading his his little uh, universe that he's created with uh, Postal and the Tithe and uh, Think Tank. Uh, that's some great stuff. 
Um, also, catching up on my Marvel uh, all-new, all-different, all-now uh, thing, the most recent trades. Um, uh, re- I actually have, I really like a lot of the comics Marvel's offering right now. And, I mean, we're old school, school collectors, so we sometimes uh, lose track of what's happening right now. There's some good stuff happening, but I do have a couple concerns about the direction of Marvel right now with uh, its lack of a cohesive uh, universe. Um, Also, I just discovered in my collection that I actually own, and I don't know if anyone else on the history of the planet has ever accidentally bought the entire run of Luke Cage. Every comic book with Luke Cage as a title, I discovered I own. (laughs) <laughs> so I've I, I've actually embarked on actually reading it chronologically, which is which is an interesting thing. But that's a work in progress. That's that's going to take a little while. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I at least up to one point did have that entire thing. I don't know if I can say over the whole entire thing now. How about you, Brett? What are you being uh, What are you being doing? Well, you know, it's it's funny because I've been reading a fair chunk of stuff. I've been trying to finish stuff off. It's it's almost like I don't necessarily want to talk too much about it because I'm consider uh, like I'm reaching out to the people who created the books to uh, to try to get them on the show. Yeah. So it's one of those like I don't want to jinx it by talking about it too soon, but you know, <laughs> so it's kind of like yes, I've been reading a lot of older comics in this case, and and I think it's the older comics creators that I'm kind of looking at. Uh, I mean. That's not necessarily a stretch for us, I. But I have not been reading any new comics. That's for sure. All right, and you know what? I've been actually. I have to admit, I'm having my usual problem of uh, starting a series, thinking, "Man, that's good." Starting to read it and getting a few issues in, and going, "Man, this reminds me of that other book," and then picking up that other book before I finish the one I'm in, or the story I'm in, or whatever, and picking up another book and starting to read that. It's MTV. It's music video watching of comic books. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been, I can I've been see doing that. a lot of that. But uh, mainly, I've actually been lately, I've been on a real big kick. Uh, 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 Brad, I think you know this is watching old, old, old movies. That's right. That's right. I'm watching a lot of old movies. You know, because there's nothing. There's nothing that you can do when you have a, a 240 hertz, uh, 4K, 3D, 55-inch curved television from Samsung. There's no, no better way to take advantage of it than to watch the Defiant ones from 1956. I find that I'm really making use of my technology, but uh, it's a hell of a movie either way. Well, you know, actually, there's something I can say. I've been watching uh, Starsky and Hutch of late. There the, you go. The TV you also series, have a of course. TV. Yes. Yeah, so it oh, looks. No. Fan- just, I, I imagine just the 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 Ben or what was it, uh, Ben Stiller and, uh, and who was Owen, the other Owen guy? Wilson. Yeah, you just figure you had that on a loop. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> Although it would look equally as poor on my TV as the TV show. Uh, and just put it on a loop. It's your way of finding out whether or not you're gonna you how much you want to live. Yeah. Like. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I, I don't even know where you find the old school Starsky and Hutch. I have them on DVD. I, I have seasons one and two. Now, I'm I'm sad because it went to four seasons. Now, that being said, I think three and four were, were quite different and also a little bit more of a struggle to actually make them happen. 
but uh, it's it's too bad because the DVDs are all out of print, and so I would have watched. I would be quite interested to watch all four seasons, but I think I'm only going to get through two. Now, how big? How big was that series, by the way? Well, four seasons. Yeah, but how I many? Like when it was at its height, like how big was it? Oh, like like, like big. I, how popular? That's a good question. I think it was pretty popular overall. Popular enough to have a comic book. Popular enough to have a video game after a movie was made. <laughs> we gonna uh, say that? They they got a hot they they got a Hot Wheels car, so it was pretty good. That's true, and I have big. that Hot Wheels car. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, it was it, back in the seventies. It was it was hard to get a comic book. I mean, today they just give a comic book to anything. But. Well, that's true. Actually, the episode that I just watched, written by Michael Mann. Uh, you know what? I'm not so sure that's true. Actually, I think back in the day they gave a comic book to everything. <laughs> like Marvel used to, especially. It seemed like they used to license the hell out of things. But but some of those companies, other like Charleston and those companies, seemed like I think they they had a lot of. Uh, a lot of licensed characters too, not just movies, but but we saw a lot of movies that they were expecting to be hits that they licensed something for before it even came out, like you know Xanadu, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, the, I mean, I suppose if you've got a one, uh, you know, got got that one single issue that you could do. I'm surprised our skin Hutch didn't get it. I guess maybe. Uh, well, well, I mean, I don't know. Is anybody near? We talked about the Twitter machine. Anybody near a Google machine? Uh, yes, 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 yes. We're working yes, on yes. it. Please, please keep yourselves entertained while we look stuff up on the internet. You know, well, what we are, do what find we... that that's usually the best. The best part of every podcast is when somebody's typing. And <laughs> uh, what what we'll do to entertain you is we'll do a dance. <laughs> Go ahead, Brett. Perfect. Done. Oh, hold on. <laughs> big finish. Big hands. Yes. You know, from these. Uh, from these uh, watching these old movies, I discovered the Nicholas Brothers. I, I never heard of them until like uh, just a couple weeks ago. You ever seen these guys? No, they were like no, the, like in the thirties and forties. Holy crap! Like like you like you know you watch a show like America's Got Talent or whatever, and you see some people that dance, and you think, man, they've really come a long way. No, they haven't. Let me tell you, those guys <laughs> do stuff these guys could never consider. Nicholas Brothers. I would recommend anybody go on YouTube. They just want to see something amazing. Some amazing dancing and athleticism and tap and singing and everything. Those guys are awesome. Go check that out. What'd you <laughs> find there, Chris? Um, you, you know what? Um, I can't find a comic book. All I can find when I do a Google search on it is Starchy and Hutch, Hutch novelizations. That's right. I had I had some of those. I, I gave them up because I would never read them. <laughs> Can you guys ever think then of a uh, of a uh, like I, I know for years that the the movie adaptations were largely frowned upon in, in terms of quality, and who knows, they probably still are. Um, I, I'm trying to think of what's the best movie adaptation in the comic book. I mean. Uh, not many that really stand out. Maybe maybe the original Star Wars, uh, because they were they were working from the from in the in Marvel and they were they did it over six issues uh, for the first movie and they were, were working from the original screenplay. So it had scenes like Han Solo and and 
Boba Fett years before Boba or not Boba Fett, um, Jabba the Hutt. Sorry, that's uh, when right. it was you know a, a man and you know things like that. And so it, I mean, it kind of gave you some behind the scenes stuff that was cut for the movie, and that was pretty damn good adaptation. I think it was Roy Thomas. Uh, it might have been Archie Goodwin. Um, either way, but not to like, mention uh, you got the Green Rabbit, Rabbit, uh, uh, Jax, J I A X. In the Star that Wars not, one, I love. Not in the movie, that uh, Chris. That was not in the movie. Oh, okay. Movie. Sorry, I'm taking a that was broader... In the Star Wars ad- that wasn't in the movie adaptation. Right. I'm taking broad, a yeah. broader view. view yeah, I'm kind of trying to think of... And also, also TV adaptation or TV or comic book based on movies. What is the best? I mean, I know a lot of people are Buffy fans like the Buffy when they did the next season of the comic books. So, so does something like that count? I don't right? Just throwing so. a little mini that, topic out I there. I think that falls more in the... In the license category, I mean, back but, back in the day, I mean, if you missed a movie in the theaters, you were SOL. You had to get the comic book. That's all. That was the only way you could catch up. Well, I, I guess, we, and when you say adaptation, I mean, uh, a new season of Buffy is not an adaptation of anything. It's just a That's continuation. True. So, it's a yeah, comic book based on the, you know. Based on the based on the show, absolutely. But but there's I mean there's yeah. been lots of good, really good comics based off of properties, no question. Yeah, but, actually, I've I've been sort of getting into some uh, novelizations of movies, and it's an interesting world. Uh, um, I was listening to a, a podcast with uh, Max Allen Collins, and he was uh, telling telling the audience how much uh, information they give him to make a novelization. Um, and it's not a lot. It's not like he has full access uh, uh, access to a script. Um, it's it's just the broad strokes, and he's expected to create a novel that's exactly the same as a movie. Um, it's an interesting world. Uh, I, I can't believe these things still exist, but every time I, I'm looking through the racks, I see them. Yeah, it's actually true. I've heard that before, that, that, that you know, I mean, that's, again... That's the challenge of it, and that's why I think, I mean, a lot of these things are, when they're straight adaptations, I mean, they usually are pretty poor. I mean, if they're just based on something or off that world, then, you know, like you say, it's a different thing. But I think that's why most of them are pretty poor. It's just, I mean, it's easy to say that they're putting in a, a just a money grab and a, and a low effort. But the truth is, I mean, we're talking about a lot of different uh a lot of moving parts when you're talking about productions and, and, and release dates, and, and then you're talking about printing and and having all that match up so you know i mean it's not you know i don't know that it's necessarily uh i mean i understand why they do it they do make money but it's you know i, I don't know that it's a lazy effort it would be fair well and i think there's also been other things uh i know who was it or we we talked we talked about some stuff last year and and like the adaptation came out but the problem was it came out uh well after the actual movie did so it wound up completely bombing right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the best laid plans exactly uh, no I, I i i found it extremely interesting especially since max Allen collins actually said the the hardest one he ever had to write was the adaptation of uh road to perdition uh perdition which he wrote the source material for yeah, that's right. Because that the co- the company uh, the, that was putting out the novel didn't want anything that wasn't actually in the movie. 
But didn't he just not write the source material, the original graphic novel? Didn't he also write the screenplay for the film? No, he did not. No? Nope. He, it was just the source material. He might have got a pass on the, the script, but he's not a credited screen, screenwriter on the finished product. Really? Mm. I'm actually, I actually thought that he was, but uh, that I, I seem to remember him, in fact, him, the line from him being that the thing that they made him change the last name from Looney to Rooney because the, the movie studio thought it was too, uh, too crazy. I remember that actually, I think, in an interview. That I that I read with him one time, so but I mean again it could have been an early, uh, you know he might have had like the first first pass like you say and that type of thing. Mm. That was an odd one, and a, but a great comic book and a great movie. Although I would I would definitely if you only could have one, the comic book is the one to read. It's actually strange, you know that's a that's a good movie, good good performance by Paul Newman. Uh, I thought going into it, I thought the casting of of Tom Hanks seemed as this stone cold killer seemed totally wrong, and he does a nice job. But it, the thing that gets me about the movie is it's not that it isn't good; it's quite good. I liked it more than the second time I watched it. But the movie is actually far more comic booky than the comic book. You know what I mean? Especially the character Jude Law played, who wasn't in the book that they just kind of. Uh, uh, created to have this lead villain to to for him to face off with and this character is very very much like out of something out of a comic book well i wonder to a certain degree if that's not a product of the time because that was before the real comic book boom you know the the comic book renaissance and at that point i do believe that it was kind of felt like if you were making a movie from a comic book source material you had to to kind of make it a comic booky movie in some degree. So it's interesting. I do wonder if that uh, played into it at all. Well, I I actually think Hollywood's version of comic books is way off because you do get that a lot where things are a lot more over than the top than they originally were. Take Gotham for example. I watched the episode last night where there were reintroducing the joker basically and i mean the actor is chewing the scenery and i mean we do have that aspect of comic books but it is not as common as it is in uh adaptations of comic books no no i mean gotham is its own separate thing because it's it's very much over stylized in it in that regard well and the, the other thing is gotham isn't really so much based it's creating its own universe yeah that's with, right. with existing characters i mean it's not an adaptation of any particular thing like road to perdition is an adaptation adaptation of a graphic novel that's far more comic booky of what people think of as comic booky than the graphic novel which is a very much just a hard-boiled boiled uh, noir you know story yeah, I mean it's, it's it is it's interesting the the different variations that you'll see, but I I think that on TV they'll probably be more um, well because there's more episodes, so there's probably more need to go a little bit more over the top usually than movies. Although that being said, I mean plenty of the movies now are thoroughly over the top, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're good. I mean X Men Apocalypse being one of those, so. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sad that I that that was something I did over the holidays. <sighs> uh, lost two long. hours. Yeah, or two and a half, whatever the. Oh, I can't believe I'm still. I and I'm still on board for Old Man Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was I was gonna sit down and I was gonna catch up on my comic book movies during the uh, the Christmas break, and I had a little extra time afterwards. I'd taken off, and I was I didn't. Yeah. I just <laughs> play mis- the, the the intrigue of play Misty for me was too great. <laughs> oh man, that's an awesome movie. Yeah, I think that might even be the first or second movie Clint Eastwood directed. That was great. Yes, I, I ended up watching those things instead. Like I say, I don't know, I. What what what's in your comic book movie to watch list? By the way, everything, everything. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I have seen so few. I've gotten so far behind that I feel like I need to. Do, I might as well just start from the beginning because I can't remember last time. Like, what's the last? I mean, I'm I'm way behind, man. I'm way behind on everything. Like, I, I might as well. Like, name us, name something. I'll tell you if I saw it. <laughs> like, well, well, don't bother with the new stuff. But, you, know. you know, no, but I I know you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I saw that Avengers. fairly recently. I saw the, the first Avengers. Avengers. And you uh, saw Ant Man. I saw yeah. Ant Man. Yeah. So you're not That's, that far I, behind. Captain America: Civil War. Nope. Uh, did uh, you see either of the Thors? Uh, I saw this first one. All right. Well, see, I mean, yeah, you're... Winter Soldier. I didn't see that. Um, so basically, never if saw it's Iron good. You don't watch it. Iron Man three. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's right. If it's good, I, yeah, I don't watch it. Ba- I mean, after all, I watched, go... watched Ant Man's, and it wasn't. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I'd go Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Captain America: Civil War are the the two you need to see. I, I, and maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. Other than that... Yeah, I keep on wanting to watch Iron Man 3, but I just hated Iron Man 2 so much. Iron Man 2 is the one that, that got me off of watching, you know... I, I watched the first of the Amazing Spider-Man movies, and I haven't watched the second one yet, though. And uh, the, I watched the Superman movie. Uh, I haven't watched, uh, you know, the Dark Knight or Superman versus Batman yet. I watched... Uh, I haven't watched the last part of the, the of the uh, Christian Bale, the third part of the Christian Bale Batman's yet. Could um, I buy buy that not watch off you? <laughs> did not like that one. Did not like that one. Well, ba- basically, it's the same story as um, uh, uh, oh, uh, no, no Man's Land, except sucky in every way with every like little aspect. <laughs> With, with like every cool little thing, just pops his head up and then immediately disappears. I mean, they have the whole scene with the apple, um, but it's just somebody gets an apple in Gotham and that's the end of the scene. Where what? in the comic book, that's an entire issue and the most I, powerful issue of No Man's Land. I have no idea what you're talking about. Here. <laughs> well, you've read No Man's Land, right? No. Oh, okay. I assumed you had read No Man's Land. I think I read like five or six issues, but again, like like so many Batman stories. Well, the thing was, it, No Man's Land a came after it came out. It's a monstrosity. It came after Cataclysm, and I had so much difficulty. Like I hated. Like that's why I stopped reading the Batman for a while there because I I hated the concept. I was like just logically, 
it made no sense to me. Like the just the idea of the earthquake in Gotham made no sense, and everything that happened. So I just I stopped, and then so because of that, I never got into No Man's Land. I think the only thing I read out of No Man's Land, I think I read some uh, some the introduction of the what ended up being the new Batgirl there. That's the only thing that was good, but that's the only thing with No Man's Land that I can remember. Really, I yeah. mean, we're talking Greg Rucka and uh, Ed Bay. Uh, uh, Brewbaker. I mean, that's some good comics right there. It seemed to me that I didn't mind the No Man's Land. It was just, it was that I hadn't read Cataclysm and that um, I don't think I had them all. So that, that certainly put a damper. And then when I looked at the fact that it was like that led into whatever other story was afterwards and, and that's a big thing for me stuff, too. It was just like, Anytime, I felt like it was nice. Anytime something leads again. into something else, I don't want. That's why I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't need to watch anything going into it or anything afterwards. That, you know, I don't want. I don't want you leading me. I got enough to do. Look, there's a lot of old movies from the 1950s. <laughs> produced a lot of movies. Okay. That uh, that's right. That's right. The Clint Eastwood has directed a lot of movies, so you've got plenty to watch. Yeah. I, I'd skip John Ford. Ca- uh, John Ford Cadillac. <laughs> I'd also skip the Gauntlet. Actually, I already watched the Gauntlet. <laughs> I don't think he directed that. Maybe he did. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he's. Let me tell you, Kuga's Bluff. He didn't direct that, but that was pretty good. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because so so here's something interesting, completely not comic related. But I wound up Hell, having half this podcast isn't comic related. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's fine. But I wound up having to do uh, to deal with the movie trailer for Hacksaw Ridge at work. Now, yeah. I mean, I have no interest whatsoever in seeing this movie. But on all of the ads, it comes through and says from the director of Braveheart and the Passion of the Christ, and I'm like. Is Mel Gibson's name that bad <laughs> that he is now being reduced to from the director of Braveheart and the Passion of the Christ? Well, I have to say, Sugar Tits is pretty memorable as a saying. And it is, I mean, it it's associated with him for the rest of his life now. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean he, I, not, not, not only was it a bad thing to say to a cop, um, mm-hmm. that's fair. just the fact that it was a good witty turn of phrase that, that <laughs> sticks in the mind, I think that that's what brings him down. Well, the truth is that the Mel Gibson Eve is still working. Proves that, they're, that the Hollywood is all, uh, all talk about uh, when it talks about all the... All the uh, rights and civil rights and and everything if you can make a buck for them and they think they can they'll still hire you and mel gibson's an example of that oh absolutely uh, world-class world asshole and they're a bunch of hypocrites anyways obviously i'm not as horrible horrible person um yeah yeah thanks uh, thanks luckily he'll never make a comic book movie that's 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 true. I I'd love him to write a comic book though. <laughs> like Officer Sugar Tits by Mel Gibson. Actually, Passion of the Christ might have been pretty close to a comic book movie. So really, uh, when you look at it, <laughs> well, I mean, the only way you could uh, you could watch it was just from the pretty pictures because you weren't listening to it. 
Uh, We're not understanding uh, it. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like Thor, isn't it? Kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, except for Thor, uh, might be a little more plausible. <laughs> a couple more, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually um, let's bring it back into the comic books a little. You you mentioned Mel Gibson writing a comic book. Who are you, some of the what are some of the comic books that celebrities have written that you guys have liked? I liked uh, I like um, I thought Brian Posehn did a good one. Can't remember the name of it, but it was pretty cool. Um, I know that you're not going to say that uh, that wrestler, um, but uh, punk. Um, CM Punk. CM Punk. No, he's, a, he's a dickhead too. So um, no, who, who, who's Brian Poussain? He's a stand-up comedian. You'd know oh, him okay. if you saw him. Uh, and there's another stand-up comedian who also did a pretty pretty, pretty good book, and it wasn't a comedy at all. Uh, whereas Poussain's was kind of had some comedy. This one was very serious. What was it name? Something. Oh, Os- Patton Oswalt. Oh right, right, right. Wrote a pretty cool comic book there. Actually, I was I was upset because because I just saw Penn and Teller when I was in Las Vegas, and I've I probably should have bought because Penn wrote a uh, a Spider Man issue. Oh, did he? Spider Spider Man at Deadpool. Yeah. So I I would be interested. I haven't read it, but I would be interested in that. Richard Donner, uh, when he, he was writing Superman, of course, that was with Jeff Johns, who he knew very well. But, I mean, that, right. that stuff was really cool, actually, I thought. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of um, like a lot of celebrities who kind of come in, especially when they've been working on something, and they'll maybe do like one or two issues just to kind of test it out. I mean, I remember talking to Anthony Daniels after... Uh, about the comic book that he wrote, <laughs> he said that he would never ever want to write another comic book again because yeah, it's a lot so of, hard. <laughs> I, I, that's the thing. A lot of people that uh, I don't know about Star Wars, Anthony, Anthony Daniels. I don't know who else did, but let me tell you, I know a lot of people who were Star Trek people have written comic books over the years, and no, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not I mean, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, Walter well, Koenig's well, a writer, well, we, so. Well, yeah, Walter Koenig was not good, man. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not saying he was. It was, but he he's a writer at least. Yeah. I, actually, I sort of had an alternative mo- motive for this question because I I just recently remembered or found out that one of a comic book that we all loved back in the day was actually written by a celebrity, and I didn't know it at the time. Comet Man. Huh. Comet Man was written by Bill Mummy. That's right. That's right. It was. Um, And I mean, I love Comet Man. Never read it. Never heard of it. Was a six-issue Marvel miniseries. Really? Oh Oh, yeah, no, and it was awesome. I can't believe that's never come up in conversation before. Um, It's 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 been uh, it's been on all the comic news sites uh, recently because. uh, Jose Ferrer, uh, the actor, just died, and Miguel. Like M- Miguel, Jose has been dead for a while. Oh, um, M- M- Miguel Ferrer. Yeah, yeah. Bill, Bill, Mummy, and Miguel Ferrer wrote uh, oh. um, Comet Man. That's okay, right. I I was completely unaware. I knew it was like a favorite comic of mine, but um, I I didn't recognize the names back then, and. Uh, I don't know. It was a bit of a revelation to, for me. Now this is interesting because we we very well could 
uh, go through all of this because so it's a six issue limited series. Uh, and then he appears in Fantastic Four 315 to 317, Marvel Comics Presents 50 to 53, and Captain Marvel Volume 5, number 7. And that's the end of Comet Man in, uh, in comics. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Huh. I totally, uh, I totally forgot about him. Well, you know what? If it's that good, I mean, I mean you know, if I can find it. Uh, hey, hey, you know, uh, Rob Zombie wrote a comic book there about Bigfoot <laughs> with uh, with Steve Niles. I like that. Yeah, let's resolve and if you mention Rob Zombie again. <laughs> That's a good I idea. told you I liked it. <laughs> oh, Rob Zombie. Yes. Uh, he he I, did that. Was, of course, I, I, it was Steve Niles. I like Steve Niles, so I kind of figure, yeah, it was about Bigfoot, and he wrote it. I can't remember another one. I think that was, that might be the only one I could think of where he wrote that. I know he wrote more than one, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's certainly written more comic books than than that, but uh, but yeah, I try to avoid them. <laughs> oh, that just sounds, you know, that's that's uh. Okay, okay. So so here's here's something. Uh, Thirteen celebrities you didn't know wrote comic books. All right, so let's let's uh, let's have a quick. Seth Meyers and Bill Hader wrote Spider-Man: The Short Halloween. Okay. John Cleese wrote Superman: True Brit. Okay, these are all gimmicks. These aren't actual like <laughs> like Comic Man is an actual attempt at a comic yeah. book. These are uh, gimmicks. Jennifer Love Hewitt wrote Music Box, with Scott Lobdell, I might add. <laughs> okay. Wow, two reasons I don't not to buy that comic book. Okay, so Thomas Jane wrote Bad Planet with Steve Nile, so that's not a gimmick. Okay. Not a good comic book either. <laughs> Samuel Jackson wrote Cold Space. Uh, Rob Zombie El Super Bisto. CM Punk. Well, that was, that, was just, that was just his own... Uh... Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, they're comic books, right? Uh, yeah, Patton Oswalt, uh, JLA, Welcome to the Working Week. Yeah. Uh, Paul Shear, Deadpool biannual number one. Good podcasts, bad comic books. Yeah, Brian Posehn <laughs> wrote Deadpool for a long time. Uh, Tom Morello wrote a series for Dark Horse called Orchid, which I have actually. And uh, suddenly, I wound up on uh, fifteen rare pictures of Stephanie McMahon somehow. So the internet has gone really bad that's, for that's me. That's what they do. The last picture, the last picture is never actually the last link is never actually the last page. It's just the next page. Whatever they want to say you do. What was the guy who saw that that band say anything? That he wrote polarity. I can't remember the guy's name, but for IDW, I mean that was like about uh, mental health. Oh issues yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I remember. I mean, I really liked it. So yes, yeah. and it was then only just a couple of years ago. And then, uh, who who was it that wrote? Uh, shoot, uh, the Umbrella Academy wasn't that Gerard Way? Uh, and I mean, he has Gerard entire uh, he has entire line over at DC, uh, New Monkey or something like that. I'm not reading and it, obviously. Umbrella Academy was great. Was I loved the it. Guys who did that remember there was, and there was those guys that did the remember. The Titans. 
they did a kind of wacky kind of uh, I don't know steampunk type comic book. Um, guys who they, they wrote and directed uh, Remember the Titans or something like that. I think it was mm-hmm. a pair of them. They did a comic book for DC. It was really cool, actually. Wow, See? like I, See, I, mean, if I you thought don't Remember the Titans was a well scripted thing. I'd actually read a comic book. I'm hoping you remember her name here. Well, yeah, Remember the Titans was a, was a football <laughs> movie, you know, so you wouldn't think of them going to the steampunk comic book thing, but uh, I'm going to actually look that up. Meanwhile, you guys talked among yourselves. No, that uh, means actually it, talk. Yeah, <laughs> there was something else that I, that I was thinking of. Um, oh, yeah, I remember Tyrese Gibson wrote Mayhem because I was in San Diego Comic-Con, and somebody from the Image booth kept coming coming out and he was he was saying like hey do you want to buy this comic by Tyrese Gibson it's like I'll tell you what you come back in like half an hour I'll have Tyrese sign it sign it up for you and so I bought it but you know it wasn't good <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, did, would it have cost more for him not to sign it <laughs> nope <laughs> I'm not a particular fan of that particular actor for some reason I don't know why no, and, and I get that, you know, totally. I mean, that's that's completely uh, fair, given what he's worth. Although, this is a guy who actually owns every Rampage Jackson comic book ever put out. Oh, so, uh, yes. Of course, he didn't write any of those, but... Yeah, I, uh, they were free. <laughs> <laughs> Entire 13-issue run I picked up for free. That's <laughs> free. a good sign. Free, really, you know, like it's amazing the dark roads <laughs> that you wind up going down when the word free comes into it. Oh, yeah, Corey, Corey Taylor from Slipknot wrote The House of Golden Bones. I remember when we reviewed the first issue. Oh, that was, that was pretty cool, yeah. Uh, no, I thought we all hated that. Oh, did we? I oh, maybe I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a different one then. I, I know exactly which one I was thinking of. A different one now. I'm thinking of something from Dark Horse that's, yeah. The Wachowskis, uh, Doc Frankenstein, with uh, <laughs> that was that was good. I haven't read that one actually, uh, but like I was thinking because uh, one of one of my favorite comics of the last couple of years, uh, Lantern City, was created by Bruce Boxleitner. That was actually what uh, what kind of draw drew me to it. Oh, and how could we forget Glenn Danzig and this uh, Veronica stuff, Veronica stuff. Oh yeah, no, no. That was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Hamill, the Black Pearl, right? Kevin Smith, of course. Oh, yes, I not forgot that, about that. Kevin Smith. Not that he's in. But speaking speaking of things that are crap. Yes. Yeah. But that's everything that he's done. You know. I'm not taking the bait on this, man. <laughs> That's fine. I don't. I don't want to go there. We've we've already visited that one a lot. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So here's something I didn't know, which I would actually be interested in reading: Jonathan Ross and Tommy Lee Edwards' Turf. Wow. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jonathan of Ross, so you know, I would be I would be into that. Is he the guy who does the 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 radio show? I have uh, no idea who Jonathan Ross is. He's a British. Uh, British. Oh, him. Yes. yes. No, I just saw a documentary he did. Uh, excellent. Oh, oh, yeah, I'd read anything. He, I'd give it a try, at least. Yeah, he did a documentary on uh, Steve Ditko. That's not... <laughs> yeah, he did a documentary on Steve D- Ditko, so he actually knows his shit. So. Yeah, well, there you go, then. So, yeah, I would, I would totally oh. read that. 
have you found what you were looking for, Mo? Or are you still? Uh, are you? Well, uh, I I did, but uh, sort of. But you just decided. What I <laughs> you you decided to move on to porn? Is that what you? Well, I'm sorry. We're talking still, right? <laughs> so no, uh, no. I, I found that the guy who did remember the Titans did do a comic book, but it's not the one I thought of, which makes me wonder what the hell. <laughs> um, who the hell was it that did the book I'm thinking of then? But anyways, the guy did do comic books. Uh, what what was the book? Uh, well, the book I'm thinking of, I can't remember the name of. The books that this guy did were, uh, one was called Jerusalem, a family portrait. Another one was called uh, Marathon. Hmm, interesting. I've actually read Jerusalem, if my tongue will work. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that was a good book. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was amazing. Actually, the art on that was amazing as well. Hmm. Well, there you go. Then you should check out Marathon. Tell if it's any good. Yeah, and I'll, I'll throw it on the pile. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. So I'm I'm sorry. My Comicsology account. I would I would love to get the numbers from Comicsology. I have a feeling they just got a section there called Chris. Yeah, I think that I think what it is is I'm pretty it's, sure it's comicsology. I'm pretty sure when you when you log on that they that they that they put extra energy to their servers. They're like Chris is on. Get everything ready. <laughs> they actually get a human to set up the uh, to set up the recommended uh, list. It's just like, oh no, the algorithms won't work. Just shoot him everything. Just put on everything. <laughs> we recommend everything. <laughs> Actually, that's the only way to explain some of my recommendations, to tell you the truth. Uh, that's excellent. That's awesome. All right, well, guys, I, I think that's probably a good little show here. Like I said, we're just kind of uh, back-talking comics and comics and, and everything like that. Anything else you guys... I do. I am kind of curious about one thing, actually, before we uh, wrap this sucker up and go O-U-T on this episode. Uh, Chris... When you said you're a little concerned about Marvel, what in there? What do you mean? Well, I've noticed in probably the last year or so um, that uh, comic books aren't connecting up quite as well as they used to. There was a cohesive universe, Marvel Universe. I am not finding that since Secret Wars. The new Secret Wars, that is. Um... And that's part of the fun of comic books for me, is having a cohesive universe to play in. What happens in Thor affects what happens in Captain America. I am not finding what happens in the Howard the Duck affects Gwenpool, which is, affects Captain America in, in modern Marvel. I think over the years, there's been times that that has been the case, but there's been times when it isn't either. I mean, there was a times that, you know, I mean, Thor was, you know, I mean, largely um, a standalone book, except for what maybe a, a little bit with the Avengers, but not a ton. It certainly didn't affect, you know, X-Men or something like that. Oh, um, I'm, I'm just finding some of, some of the, the I, I think it's just a little bit more extreme right now, and I'm sure I'll swing back the other way. I'm it sounds nice to me that, that that I can pick up any book and not have to worry about reading something else. Like I say, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, 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 events scare me, 
and <laughs> and a book that and a book that's tied into anything else other than maybe a one one issue crossover scares me. You're usually scared. You um, scare me, Chris. Because it's a commitment. There's only so much time in this world. Yeah, I already got a lot of comics to read. No, uh, I'm also a little concerned because I've noticed the word count has dro- dropped yet again. Mm. But I, I mean that that works on the uh, pendulum too, because I'm sure it'll swing back the other way eventually. What do you think, Brett? Do you, do you like the cohesive universe, or what do you? I I like. Um, okay, so so sorry, sorry. I just happened to see that uh, Mel Gibson got a best director nomination for Hacksaw Ridge at the Academy. Oh yeah, he Awards. won something at the Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah, you see, his speech was uh, no. like to uh, what was it? Uh, the guy from the Raiders, the old Raiders, the Snake. What was his name? The quarterback. Oh, was he Jewish? Kenny Stabler. No. Kenny Stabler. He's like, I go to. I'd like to quote Kenny Stabler. Go deep. That was his speech. Okay, he's an asshole. Well, of course he's an asshole, but uh, but you know it's it's interesting. As a general rule, if if I'm reading it all, if I if I'm loving it, I want a cohesive universe. But if I'm not reading it all, then then I don't really want a cohesive universe because I don't I don't want to have to feel like I need to get all these other books. Well, I think I like cohesive pockets within the yes, universe. I, I, so, yeah, I'm totally yeah. with that. Although I don't want it to be so much like at, at one point. I know with with Marvel, it got to the point where like the Avengers universe was over here, and then the X Men universe, and the only way that they could actually cross over was if they had a major crossover. And it was just like, no, no, I don't want that. But you know, well, they I, should be able to cross over at any time. Yes. But I do like it if they're largely left alone and they have their own little mini universes within the universe. I mean, they should be able to cross over. And then some guys shouldn't have any universe. Daredevil shouldn't have any universe. Should just have the one book. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. no, there's just way too many characters right now where I don't know where they exist. Mm. Um, Spider Gwen. Uh, actually, any character with Gwen in the title. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> Gwenpool. <laughs> I don't, I, Gwenpool. What the hell is up with that? I don't know. I refuse to read any character. Well, that's it. I mean, and that's probably my problem too. I refuse to read anything with any character named Gwen. <laughs> I just can't do it. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> Gwen Pool. Jeez. I mean, seriously. I mean, how do you market that to an average person? <sighs> Are there any average people left reading comics, though? Probably not. Probably. But that, what about the word count thing, Brett? What do you think? Um, well, it, if it drops too, too low, I mean, I was already reading like the, you know, the newer comics in like five minutes. If, if it gets, if it gets too low, I'm going to get to the point where, where, you know, it's just like, oh, I got an hour. Okay. Give me 60 comics. And I'll, like, yeah, I, maybe, maybe that is the trick to getting me back into reading weekly comics. Cause one of the, one of the things that got me out of weekly comics was the fact that, I found that I was still reading too many and and I kept because I kept wanting to try the new stuff and that kind of thing and so I found that I w- I wasn't having enough time to read the stuff that I really wanted to read because I was tr- trying so hard just to get through the weekly comics. So, you know, I suppose that if I could read all of the weekly comics that I was interested in in an hour, 
then no problem. I still have lots of time left over. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't. I mean, you shouldn't feel like you have to read every new comic. Just well, the ones you like. It wasn't every new comic. I mean, Lord knows if you tried to read, but if you try, <laughs> if you tried to read um, everyone, it would be crazy. But if you know, there's still a bunch of. That's the thing. I mean, comic books. There's a lot of really great creators out there, and a lot of them are are doing new books. And so it's just like, oh, I know that creator. I'm going to give this one a chance. And if that you know, happens like three times in a in a week, yeah. You know, no, I, 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 oh, go ahead, Chris. Uh, I I just made this observation based off the fact that I, I as I said, I was going through some Marvel uh, now, all new now, or whatever the hell it is right now. Um. And I was reading full trades and go, uh, finishing it and going, holy shit, that was a full trade. That wasn't just an issue. Yeah, that's kind of scary. When when do you guys think of, I think the art right now is the best it's ever been. When do you guys think of the writing It was at its best? Is it now? Was it, you know, like the early 60s? Like, I don't know. Like... <laughs> I, like, I would like, say what do you definitely think of not. Is that it's actually best. I would say when Vertigo was at its peak, that's when I thought it was at its best. So early nineties. Yeah, I would think so. Actually, I'd there was say... a lot of crappy writing then too, though. I don't the, know there was, there was, yes. But no, the high, I don't think the it... high high water marks in the early nineties might be better than any other era. Though I don't know if consistently across the board you could say the writing was the best. Maybe not, but. Uh... Yeah, it's it's definitely swung towards the artists now. Um, uh, there's there's a lot of writers that I really don't like um, that have major positions within the big companies. Um, yeah, that's right now is not a high, high high watermark for the writing in comic books, but I I do do agree with it. The art's the best it's ever been. Art's the best it's ever been. I feel like just like some of the secrets that a comic book writer needs to employ over the years, they've forgotten or gotten lazy with or just it's evolved away from it. And it's a shame because these were actually techniques that that made for good storytelling. So, you know, uh, just something a little bit, a a little, the, the dialogue might be better than it's ever been. But the but the pacing and the storytelling and the just the overall writing and the understanding of the medium I'm not sure it is. The stories are as good as they've ever been. The dialogue, but the actual crafting, I'm not so sure. Yeah, no, I mean right now at Marvel, I mean the big event, Mo- Monsters Un- Unleashed, should have my name written all over it. Yeah. Because um, I love those old monster characters. I've always said they should bring them back and do a major thing. And now that they're doing it, there's nobody involved that I want to read. It's so, yeah, it's sad. So Brett, you said Vertigo. What is it that they were writing? What's the style that that Vertigo stuff that's different than nowadays? That if you were to say to somebody, check this out, and you'll see why comic book writing needs to get back to some of these techniques. What's a book you could think they should they read that that's other than one of the maybe really obvious ones? What's something you could recommend? Well, but that's it, right? I mean, like what like the first thing I think about is Sandman, or I do think about Grant Morrison's Animal Man, or or some of those other, you know, the Hellblazer at the time. I mean, those were 
they were great books that always had something different. They pushed the medium, and I'm not saying that like stuff now doesn't push the medium, but I think for me at that time, it was so it was so refreshing to see, especially a major company like DC, have Vertigo and be willing to push the medium with so many different types of titles that that's why I always kind of come back to that as that as that high watermark. I was thinking Books of Magic was just, you know. Books of Magic is stunning. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's so good. I think if somebody could read write, and, and go, okay, there's that's like a lesson. You can go back and, and kind of see some of the stuff that's, it's, a, it's, it's still, it's brilliantly written. It's pushing things forward. It's as fresh today as it was then. But some of the little things that, that it does have kind of been forgotten. I think that that's an awesome series. So that's one that I think of. Yeah, I mean, Vertigo just had had a lot of those. Yeah, you know, you know, we are talking this era. I I, I think just well written. I think you have to throw back to Peter Milligan's uh, comic books from that era. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them are forgotten. Um, you have the Enig- Enigma. Uh, you have the Extremist. No, the ex- and, uh, the Extremist was um, was McKeever. Was McKeever? I thought he ooh. We might have to look that one up. I'm sorry. I, I don't think it was McKeever. I th- it might have been McKeever on art, but I think that was Milligan on uh, Ooh, right. That's that's possible. I know that I know that it's McKeever on art. But oh, so, I, I'm not disagreeing on it. I I know it was McKeever. No, on yeah, art, yeah. So no, you, you're you're right. I was uh, yeah. It's Peter Milligan writing and uh, and McKeever on art. So yeah, that's I mean, what I thought too, Brett. But still, that's yeah, sure it is. <laughs> I actually did think that, it, that Chris was right on this one. But but that's still, I mean, fuck, that's brilliant, you know. Yeah. Like, no, but I mean, we're just talking well craft, a well crafted limited series. I mean, is the the actual highest form of comic book writing to me? I um, yes, and and well, a lot. Oh, and or I'm graphic sorry. novels, much the same way. Yes. You know. Sandman yeah. Mystery Theater, you know. Oh yeah! Oh. You know what, Sandman? You want to talk about oh, brilliantly written and, and so much that's yeah, those little things that's missing. That's that's got it. It's awesome. Does anyone know what Stephen uh, Seagal is doing now? I believe still, he's still writing. I think, and and but also, uh, I mean, doing a lot with uh, uh, with the company that did. That he created the oh man the of action man of action yeah yeah was that Joe Casey and Fabian yeah. Nizizia and and who else who's the fourth guy I think there's a fourth guy I was Nizizia in there I didn't think I thought he, he was, was. I don't think so but maybe uh, I got that wrong maybe I got that wrong <clears throat> you're looking up men of action there Brett well yeah of course I mean you can't uh, you can't let that yeah. go at this point can't let that go and get it wrong here at this point after all we've proven we know so many facts and remember so many things here you go Dun- Duncan Rolo uh, Joe Casey Joe Kelly and Steven Siegel okay Joe Casey Joe Kelly look up Fabian Ascenza and see where he is then because it's something similar <laughs> then that he's uh, that he's with right now Nesizia, Nesizia, Nasazia. <laughs> yeah, let's not even go there. So. Yeah. <laughs> let's just call him Fabian. Yes. Well, I'd like to talk to him because he was the guy in charge of bringing it all full circle, right? Because he was editor-in-chief in that reboot of the Valiant, uh, the, the Valiant acclaimed stuff. 
Well, according to Wikipedia, um, he co-scripted the direct-to-DVD animated feature Hot Wheels World Race and the computer animated DVD feature The Black Belt Club based on the Scholastic book series. Yeah, but that's not – where is – that's not – like if you're like you to look for his website. Oh, yes. Is what I'm saying. Boy, hey, man. Jeez. Yeah, well, not my fault you did it wrong. <laughs> Jeez. Starlight Runner Entertainment. That's it. Starlight chief. Runner Entertainment. Fabian is the chief innovation officer. <laughs> uh, yeah, his writing and editing skills have graced properties ranging from Buffy the Vampire Slayer to Barbie, Hot Wheels to Power Rangers, William Shatner's Tech World to Winnie the Pooh. Okay, well, maybe we will wow, hire you. You, you, you <laughs> think they'd throw Clive Barker in there somewhere? <laughs> Oh, uh, well, why not? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, he, uh, Starlight, I mean, Dave, is it mainly working with Disney or something like that? Disney properties then, or? Um, no, I mean, it, when you, the clients are entertainment well, story worlds, corporate narratives, uh, or let's, entertainment story worlds. Let's who, does it say who else is in it? Like, who are his partners? Uh, let's see. Anytime uh, now, Brent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or did you leave the website? No, no, um. They contribute to the mythology and transmedia for um, uh, Men in Black 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, yes, they've definitely... Uh, Jeff Gomez is the CEO. Oh, he sounds familiar. Jeff Gomez. Yeah, I, I think I was having a bagel with him the other morning. Uh, what the hell? Sounds familiar, though, no, he Mark Pensavalli. does. That uh, does not sound familiar. No. Uh... Uh, I'm gonna have to go with no, no. There's uh, there's nobody else. All right. Well, Brett, uh, fire them off an email right now, or Fabian, if he's on, if you're on the website there, see if he'll talk valiant with us. <laughs> there you go. All right. And with that, we are officially OUT. We'll be back with Paris Colors, like we say next time. I think that's probably the next episode, right, Brett? Yes, that's correct. It should be if uh, everything turns out. And if it doesn't, trust me, we got some cool stuff lined up for this year. And we got some big concepts, as we always do. We always like to mix it up a little bit, uh, talking old school, talking new people, up-and-coming people, talking uh, interviews and, and, and look-backs on things. We we always like to mix it up and give a, bring a good variety. And there's some uh, there's some. Uh, a nice mix this year of uh, of small concepts and big concepts that are going to melt together to make a, a wonderful 2017 for We Talk Comics. Anything you guys want to say or before we leave here? No. Chris? Um, no. No, I think we I think we covered a lot of shit tonight. <laughs> we, we did. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get when you show up without any idea what you're going to talk about. <laughs> no doubt. All right, guys. Have a good night then. <laughs>